Welcome to The Truth In This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, today I have the pleasure of um, being on site. This is, it's, it's like I'm in a gallery that also doubles as a house, that also do doubles as probably one of the best places I've been to like like this year. Like, Ooh, thank you. <laughs> it's only a little bit of gas there, but mostly it's, it's just like I'm really excited about being here. Um, my next guest uh, has creative themes that include both uh, the female as a goddess, life giver, and the integral beauty of African people. Please welcome Espy Frazier. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm glad we were able to do that, that kind of... Um, the back end follow up from when we went to um, Ernest's show, and I was like, "All right, I got to make sure I'm getting all of my interviews. <laughs> I'm networked here. I've done things, so I'm glad we were able to connect." So, can you tell us a bit about your background, where you grew up, and um, in what ways maybe some early visual um, experiences led to your art making? Uh, I grew up in Chicago, South Side of Chicago, right down the street from White Sox Park. I was raised in a foster home. My foster mom was a very artistic person. I don't even think she knew she was an artist. She made all of our clothes. She was a milliner. She could grow anything. She could grow your hair. She could grow, you know, garden stuff. I mean, she was very talented. She was always making something and always doing stuff. And she was a big part of the Baptist church. You know, we lived in the Baptist church on Sunday all day long, you know, Sunday morning, this, that, the other, the yeah. whole deal. And so um, she inspired me to want to draw, you know. Here's some crayons, baby. Go over there, sit down, and you can do this. Go draw something. So I would get the newspaper. I love to look at the clothes that were in the Sears, Roebuck, and all that stuff, and I would draw that stuff. And then I would look at magazines and try to copy what I saw in magazines. So drawing was my way to keep me going, because I have dyslexia, so school was not a wonderful place for me, and art was the one place that I could shine. Yeah. And so art was my thing. And then while I was in high school, I went to Wendell Phillips High School. I had a wonderful high school teacher who had, we had double period art, was my heaven. <laughs> Two periods in a row of doing art, right? Yeah. And so she invited us, seven of us. She said, I went to the School of the Art Institute and you can go to school. Yeah. And we looked at her, we said, mm -hmm, this white woman, I don't know what she did. <laughs> we black people, she talking about going to school, we don't have no money. She said, don't worry about that, they have scholarships, you should apply. Mm -hmm. So we applied, but we didn't get in. Mm -hmm. But the Black Student Union spoke up for us and got us in. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, I went to the School of the Art Institute, people from all over the world going there. A few of us black people were there, but you know, it's mostly international school. Great experience, because I just grew up on the South Side. I didn't know anything about folks from all over the world and right. stuff, and it was really cool. So I decided I was going to go in in the fashion design. I'm, I'm gonna be a fashion designer, because that's what I want to do. I did it for one year and said, no, I don't want to make it, I want to draw it. Mm. And at that time, they only had one fashion illustration course. I took it twice, yeah. and then the rest of the time I spent in figure drawing. 
Figure drawing all day long from nine to four every day. I was in heaven. <laughs> we drew from live models. That was a wonderful experience in learning the fundamentals of how to draw. Because once you have the fundamentals, then you can do anything. So I did all of that. And then I had this teacher give us an assignment. She says, I want you to draw something other than paper. Well, what's that going to be? So I go home, I look under the house, and my mother had a plywood all up under the house, so I got a piece of plywood, I drew on the plywood, I drew a figure on the plywood, which is black ink. Took it to class, and I, that's how to draw, and I said, it's just because it's on, well, she said, draw on something different, so I did, you know, and they were trying to get into this whole big dispute, and I said, okay, it's going to be like this. That's all right. I learned a lot. Yeah. And so that led me to do a whole new technique that I learned how to do wood graphics, which I've, you know, developed over 30, 40 years. Okay. Started off with just drawing with black ink. It evolved into using colored inks as stain. Uh, I like, you know, stained glass and all of that stuff. And the wood grain that you see in these pieces is my grain. Mm. It's not the wood grain. So I'm evolving into creating my own technique. And over time, it's evolved into using mosaic tiles, glass beads, all kind, whatever stuff. People say, well, why'd you do this? It's like, okay, I do that. Learn how to use power tools because I don't have patience to wait for other people to cut stuff out for me. Right. I want instant gratification, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I learned how to use saws and stuff so I can cut things out and make the screens like I showed you upstairs. And so um, did that for 30, 40 years. Now I'm at a point where I don't want to be carving wood anymore. I, I've done that. I don't right. really carry lumber on the bus no more. I don't want to do that no more. So the pieces that you see me do now, the canvas pieces are a transition. The same technique that I do on the canvas is, comes from the wood. Yeah. So all the line work and the, the patterns and the texture. And the fashion illustration is in there too. So my work is like a hybrid of figure drawing and fashion illustration. So I get to do everything I wanted to do. <laughs> I, I love it and thank you for, for walking us through it because I'm, I'm hearing it and we talked about it a, a little bit before, that through line between your work over the, the body of it has been, I draw. <laughs> you, you, I'm you draw. a drawer. <laughs> yeah. I draw. I love to draw. It, it has really been something that has been very helpful to my psyche to be able to draw. I really enjoy it. It's a wonderful uh, almost spiritual kind of thing mm -hmm. to sit down and just put that pencil on paper and you just forget who you are and you just go somewhere else. So I've read that you found inspiration in African, Caribbean, Egyptian, and Japanese art. Could you share some of the works or artists that you admire with, within those, those kind of disciplines? Well, I don't really have any specific people. I would just go to the places like Field Museum and look at a lot of the different displays that they would have like Japanese sculptures and the paintings and stuff like that. I never really delved into anybody specific. Sure. I just liked what I saw and I liked the, the use of color and the use of line. Uh, I used to look at a lot of Aboriginal art. Yes. They had a lot of Aboriginal art at the Field Museum. 
I love going to the Field Museum. I sit up there and just look at that and Native American art. So I just looked at art in general, not anything specific. The only specific people that really interest me were people like Charles White, mm -hmm. because I loved the way he drew, the way he used pencil on paper, and the way he expressed the dignity of black people, which is what I wanted to do in my work. And uh, Antonio Lopez, when I saw his fashion illustrations, I said, ooh, I want to be like that. <laughs> you know, his work has such power yeah. and elegance and style, and it was unique, and it wasn't like anything I had ever seen. And I said, well, I'm going to copy him for a while till I get my feet on the ground, and then I'll get my own style, and it's evolved over time, and I think I have a unique style, so that's what I've been aiming for. So specific people and I can't say. Okay, no, no, that's that's very fair. I think like being around it, like when someone's like, like, what's your podcast? Who, who's your people? It's like I, I listen to a lot of people. I look at everything. Yeah. You know, old movies. I love the old black and white movies, Betty Davis and all that stuff. The way those people dress, all that stuff inspires me. Yeah. I look at all of the fashion magazines. I watch Project One Way. I get inspired <laughs> by all that stuff. Just living. Yeah. So. You showed me something earlier. This is the first time I've actually seen something like this. Like, you have a patent for wood graphics for your for your process. Yes, I do. <laughs> I said, listen, I think I better get a patent, a, a, a copyright on this because this is unique and somebody's going to claim it. And I went through 30 years of developing this. I think I should yeah. have credit for what I've done, so I got a copyright for it. I, I, I love it. Like, this is the first time I was like, yeah, there's the copyright right there. I have it hanging <laughs> on the wall. It's legit. <laughs> um, so what, so you, you talked about earlier, um, like the initial focus in like designing clothes and you realized that, nah, I don't want to design, I want to draw them. So um, was there any other moment that you realized that the like doing fashion in like doing actual fashion, not necessarily drawing it, but making the clothes just wasn't your thing. You're like, eh, I'd rather wear them. I'd rather draw them. I don't want to make them. Well, the process of making is a lot. It's intense. And to do it well, you got to put the time in. And I wasn't willing to put the time into learning all of the pattern making and all that stuff. I know how to do it, but I don't want to do it. You know, yeah. I said, I really like to draw. I got to find a way that I can draw. I don't know how I'm going to do this, you know, but this is what I want to do. And so maybe I can find a way to incorporate the love of fashion and what I want to do in the drawing. And so what I do now does that. Yeah. Um, I, I think when people see like what one is doing, it's like, oh, why don't you do it this way? Or why? Nah, just too much work. I'd rather just like. They, it, I think sometimes it's identifying what part of that process you enjoy and then being able to dive into it because that, it kind of fulfills itself. You kind of keep loving it. Well, you have to love it to do it for a long period of time and you can't do it because you just want to be famous or you just want to make money because that's no way to do anything. See, that was a natural segue right there. Because <laughs> the next question I have, I, I read that um, your work is much more akin, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, much more akin to a long-term relationship than a profession. Um, and I kind of look at mine the same way. I look at podcasting as this is the only stable relationship I've been in. Like, this is great. Um, 
she's a little, you know, she, she takes, the mis mistress podcast takes from me sometimes. But um, has, has your view of your work and viewing it as a relationship changed the way you kind of work with it? When you came to that realization that this is a long-term relationship, for sake of argument, did that change how you viewed your approach, your process? Not really. I just have a, a real strong work ethic. I've always had that. And I just love doing what I do. Sure. And I think it's really, once you figure out what you're here to do, it, it takes over and you just follow that path. I had no idea I'd end up in Baltimore. I had no idea of any of the stuff that I've done would happen, but the love of what I do brought me through all these things. And so yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah, it, it is. And, um, you know, I, I just think that that quote just, it worked for me like a lot. It's like, no, this is a relation. You got to like, you got to love what you're doing and it just kind of fulfills itself. It gives it that, that energy for you to keep doing it. And if you're doing it, I think as you were touching on for money, for cloud, for whatever, eventually that runs out. It, it has doesn't to come last. It does not last long. And not only that, it has been therapy in a lot of ways. I mm -hmm. mean, when you think about the pandemic, you know, I think about a lot of people who have been locked in offices and doing office work, and then when the pandemic, they were kind of at a loss for what to do with themselves. I didn't have a problem with that. I was in here, I turn on my Netflix, I sit down, <laughs> and I paint or I crochet or I do whatever, and I was quite content, and it kept me from going totally mentally off the deep end. Yeah. It has been very beneficial in my psyche not only as just being a creative thing, but it's kept me on the planet, so to speak. I, I remember during the beginning of the, the pandemic, I had like folks were isolated, were home and all of that stuff. People are looking for a connection. People are looking for something to kill that, that, that dread of kind of feeling like you're bored. You don't have anything to do. I'm stuck inside. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's like, uh, read a book, uh, work on your craft, do, do something. And I think at the same time, people desire that connection. I got, calls from people I've never met before during that time. Like it was some random guy from like um, Spain. Hey man, just, <laughs> you know, shout out, man. I was like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. And he shows me one of his buddies who kind of looks like me. I was like, I'm being pranked. Something, is, <laughs> something weird is happening here. But I think people desire that connection. They want to feel that what their time is being used towards is worthwhile. And I think when you're investing in what you're doing, like during that time, and I, I saw some of the pieces, the crochet and stuff, or as you yarn drawing, as you will. Um, I try to work on different things that really Im improve my craft, whether it mm -hmm. be trying to learn um, data analytics a little bit better to be able to draw out how many people are listening, where are they from, things of that nature, or different techniques to do editing, learning my different devices for sake of argument. And I always have something to do, you know, so I wasn't going to be bored. I was putting on probably audiobooks instead of Netflix, but, you know, I was doing kind of the same thing you were describing. Yeah, I've never really been bored. I And like I said, if you love something, that love takes you in different directions and yeah. it opens up things. It introduces you to things you normally wouldn't do. You meet people that you wouldn't meet. Who would have thought I'd be living in Baltimore? I thought I was going to be living in Chicago my whole life. Here I am in Baltimore. I've experienced going to Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia. All that kind of stuff. Art yeah. made that possible. 
I mean, indirectly, in, in you kind of art made art connection here possible as well. Um, meeting you at the show, just like, oh, all right, let me just make put this person on the list. I'll be talking to S.B. Frazierson. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. It was nice to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Um, so I got a few more questions here. Um, I want to I want to hear about if it's something recent. That'll be great as well. Um, tell us about a tell me about a piece of work that holds a particular fond memory for you. The piece right behind you there, the two women there. Yes. That piece was very special because uh, the composition is taken from Antonio Lopez's one of his drawings, the, the situation of the two figures. Yeah. And I said, I wanted to do my own thing and incorporate everything I've learned how to do. Yeah. From the woodworking, from the fashion illustration and all of that and see if it works, if it holds together. And I was really happy with the way it turned out. It's beautiful. And um, I'm just happy that I'm progressing. I'm not standing still. Yeah. You know, I think that's the worst possible thing in my mind is that I'm not learning anything or my work is not improving. And so I see improvement in what I'm able to do now. And I feel really good about that. That's great. That's great. So what does your, your, your kind of typical day look like when you're in like maybe creative mode or what have you because like, I know that that varies for people like some people like look because I, I remember you you mentioned uh, when we first met like I keep my own hours I'm retired I do what I want I love being retired well I got retired when COVID hit you know I, I was a teacher I taught art at French school in Baltimore God you're my teacher that's why you look familiar is that why I know you <laughs> it's a small world so anyway I've been teaching. I had been teaching at Friends for 27 years. I co-taught with Evan Gifford, mm -hmm. and he was like, we're like partners. I mean, great team. Mm -hmm. And what I taught, he didn't like to teach, and we kind of worked off each other. And I enjoyed the process of being there because I could still be an artist and teach kids how to do art. Because, sure. and I said, well, when you're around young people, you're gonna learn how to. Stay current, stay fresh, as they say, <laughs> and all of that. And so, um, my life has been interesting. So I had to retire because of COVID. I said I don't know if I can still do teaching with the COVID thing going on. So I retired early. And then I said, okay, now you at home. Now you can really do your thing. You can roll out of bed when you feel like it. I don't have a schedule. <laughs> I get up. I listen to the news. I have an idea of what I would like to do. Maybe I prepared the canvas the night before or something like that. But I don't always know what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, some days I feel like crocheting. Some days I do both. Maybe I'll do painting in the morning and then crochet in the afternoon. But it's so nice to just be able to do what you love doing yeah. when you want to do it and not have a schedule. Not to say that I wasn't able to do it because I was able to do work at school. Yeah. You know, during my downtime, they let me be an artist in resident at school. So I was doing artwork at school too. <laughs> and the kids were like, Miss Aspie used to I said, Well how I'm gonna teach you if I don't do it. <laughs> this is, that's, that's legit. That's legit. <laughs> you know, I can't teach you to love something if I don't love it. Right. So this has been my whole life and I have not been bored. 
You know, and I have my ups and downs like everybody else, but art has been my saving grace. Mm. And it's even more so now I'm getting to do all kind of cool stuff. I'd love to hear it. Um, so this is my, well, one, one thing I want to throw in there. Uh, yeah, uh, like today I was kind of off from the day job and I was just kind of just floating around doing what I needed to do and just like, oh, I got to be here this time. And, you know, I was telling you that the uh, I had that photo shoot and I was like, oh, just tell me what to do. You know, I just need to be here when? Great. And just having that flexibility, I was like, oh, this is what it feels like. Maybe I should invest a little bit more time and energy in going about things this way because being stuck to something that feels rigid and having kind of two schedules you're working within of I got to I'm setting one schedule, but the other one is set for me. Mm -hmm. I prefer working with the one that is a little bit more flexible and that I set versus the one that someone else sets. So, and that's something that always has allured me about how some artists go about things. It's like, I just kind of do what I do. I don't really have a, a, a plan. And, and as far as people say, well, what are you doing now? And, and what's your thought? And I said, my thought is just to have fun. That's what it's supposed to be about, right? <laughs> you know? so I don't have any real serious thing. I'm just doing what I like to do and let that dictate to me what I should do next. Absolutely. So that's where I'm at. So last last real question I have, and then I got a couple rapid fire questions that, that you, you may not have gotten. So uh -oh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's talk about like titling work or what have you. Like what's for, for you, what's in a title and does a title contribute to the meaning of your work? Like if you're saying this piece is named whatever, what does that add meaning to it for for the, the for the audience? Speak on that a little bit. Not necessarily. It's not that important to me. Mm. I think the the piece should speak for itself. And when the viewer looks at it, you bring your own life experience to what you're looking at. Now, I'll have some some titles because people, when you do an exhibit, well, what do you call this? And so I'll come up with something. <laughs> That's not necessarily what I was thinking about. But, you mm. know. If I have to have a name for something, I'll come up with it. But that's not important to me, really. Yeah. You know, coming up with that. What I want is that the viewer can connect to the work in some form or fashion. And if they can get something from it, then I'm happy with that. I don't need to give them a name and I don't need to stand there and dictate to them what they see when they're yeah. looking at it. You know, I think life experience is different for everybody so you bring something different to it when you look at it and that's enough for me that's great i think that it, it enriches someone having validity in there like like oh like i remember i was talking to uh my my manager in my day job i was like yeah i'm doing these different art things she's like i don't get art hard hard stop and i was like huh what do you mean by that and she's like maybe you can explain art to me i was like i you can't qualified. explain <laughs> art it's too vast to explain that. Yeah, like I just—I try to simply put it like: go there, see something. If you feel something, th that's kind of it, <laughs> and that's that's kind of it from the the audience side of it, I suppose, the viewer side of it. And she was like, "Oh, that seems simple." All right, then, cool. And I was like, "Well, what's wrong with simple?" Right. <laughs> it's like it's it's accessible if if it's there, go and and absorb like. You know, like the thing I was saying to you earlier about, like, I don't know if I belong here. And I, I think um, Quirky, uh, who's there at the uh, Ernest Shaw show, was like, no, you belong here. You're, you're part of this crowd now. You're part of this, like, arts community now. And that felt really good. And, you know, kind of trying to understand it, it feel, feels like 
hard isn't for everybody, but really it is. Well, it's a universal thing, and you don't have to speak the language to mm -hmm. understand it. It's a human thing. Right. And that's what I like about being creative is connects me with my fellow human beings. Yeah. We're all connected, you know, from living. And so I don't have to stand there and dictate to you how you should feel about what you're looking at, you know. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I'll say these questions, these next questions, I don't think you don't like them too much, but uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and thank you for everything. This has been, this has been great. Um, so I have, um, three rapid fire questions for you. Um, so the first one is in your career, what's the best piece of advice you've received? Find something that you want to get up every day and do. If you can find that, you will be happy, but if you're just doing something just to get a paycheck, not a good way to go. Uh, one to grow on. <laughs> it's, it's legit. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite book? Ooh. You can you can throw on multiple ones. I mean, I can be I can be swayed. Like I got ten books I like, or twenty or whatever. I don't know. But what, what is what's a when I mention um, a book that you really like? What's one that comes to mind? Oh, let's see. I like art books. And I like reading about different artists. Mm. And so I have a book about Charles White. I have Antonio Lopez. I have different fashion periodicals. I like to look at how different artists function and how they create. And so my stuff is all about that. I, I saw the H.R. Geiger one upstairs. I peeped it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. The man could draw. Mm-hmm. I got into, uh, I'm blanking on the author's name, but the book um, is about the, um, I guess the artists, like different artists, different creators, their rituals, their routines, like what do they get up and do in the morning? What's that process look like? Because that's really intriguing to me. Some, seeing some people who are very regimented, very regimented, and it's like, your work, it seems to be low counter how regimented your life seems to be structured and other people who are just all over the place, but they keep a really tight schedule when it comes to like putting on an exhibit and things of that nature. So kind of understanding those dualities at times is really interesting to me. Well, I also like reading books like Carlos Castaneda. Mm -hmm. I love stuff like that. Yeah. I love astrology. I love all kind of spiritual readings. Mm. Hmm. This Aquarius here. Um, I'm a Pisces. Gang, let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> so this is the last one I have. And I, and I think we talked about it a little bit, um, like during the, 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 the tour. Um, what, what's your most treasured possession? Oh, that's a good one. Not most, that I'm going to steal it or anything. I'm just most saying. Most treasured possession <laughs> in this house? Sure, yeah. Oh, that's hard. Because I remember it's like, yeah, none of my none of my woodwork is leaving. This is mine. I'm, I'm holding on to that. Um, I would say that wood piece that I showed you, the first wood piece that I did, should be it because yeah. it started so much stuff in my life, and so that's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I still have it. Yes. Yes. I, I've asked people that like, yeah, I started off doing this and it was this long or whatever. And I moved and all of these different things happen. It's like, but do you still have it? Of course I still have it. I was like, that's your most prized possession. So I think I got to say that's got to be it because it, it's made my current life. That's great. So 
That's pretty much it for all of my questions. So I want to, one, thank you for being on this podcast. And two, I want to invite and encourage you to share anything you want to share that we, you feel like we may not have touched on in, um, in this, this interview and website, social media, anything you want to really share in that regard. Well, I'm on Instagram at S-B-E-S-P-I, Frazier with two R's in it. Make sure you have the two R's. And then I'm on Facebook. And uh, currently I've been featured in a publication with Angela Carroll. Yeah. Do you hear about that book? I believe so. I've interviewed Angela recently, not, not too well, a couple years ago at this point. So I've been honored to be featured in this book called Exploring Presence, African-American Artists in the Upper South by Angela Carroll. And I'm one of the featured artists in that. And coming May, we'll have an exhibition at Morgan. Okay. Some of the artwork. And so I'm excited about that. Um, I'm working on some pieces to promote for Mother's Day. You know, Mother's Day is coming up, so I'm doing some some small canvases for that. I'm going to be at um, the Motor House. I think we're supposed to be doing a Mother's Day artist kind of event there so I'll be selling some stuff there so and then I'll be putting stuff on Instagram you can connect with me on Instagram if you want to get something I have uh, on my website sb4art.com <laughs> you can purchase some of my artwork if you're interested in buying some pieces I have crocheted work on there and that's what I'm doing well thank you um, so for S.B. Frazier, the great S.B. Frazier, I am Rob Lee saying that there's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. Mm-hmm.